0: You're listening to Pavi's Plate. I'm your host, Pavi, a regular girl from Chicago, exploring my connection to food and how what I'm experiencing in life impacts it. I invite you to join me on this journey every week as we explore topics across food and wellness. Welcome to another episode of Pavi's Plate. This week, I am super excited to have Amy Silver, a registered dietitian, join us to talk about a lot of different things related to nutrition and how we can evolve our relationship with food. Amy has uh, a wealth of experience in dietetics, and she currently works in a health club and focuses on clients um, who have like weight management um, concerns. And she's been doing this for like the past six years. So she has an incredible amount of experience. I don't know if you are familiar with like health club nutritionists or dietitians, but they see a lot of people. So I'm sure she has had a lot of different experiences and faced a lot of um, challenges with her clients and helped them to overcome them. And so we're going to jump right in with Amy. Welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking out the time in your busy, busy schedule. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into dietetics?
1: Yeah, so I kind of always knew um, as I was growing up, I was always interested in just healthier eating um, and fitness, definitely, and So when I got to college, I knew I wanted to major in nutrition, but to be honest, I didn't really know what that meant in terms of a job. So I learned in college that registered dietitians are really the authority of evidence-based nutrition and that if I wanted to um, be well looked at um, for nutrition, that I should become a registered dietitian. So um, I decided to go for that. And... Honestly, I wanted to be, I'm born and raised in Chicago, and I've always loved sports, so I really wanted to be a sports dietitian, like for an athletics team. Um, But at the time, about eight years ago, that was a very, wasn't as popular as it is now, and um, I was basically told that I wouldn't be able to find a job, which is unfortunate, because I would have, but um, that kind of got me into the realm of trying different things out other than just sports nutrition. And I fell in love with weight management. So everything happens for a reason, I guess. But um, so that's how I got into dietetics. And then my position now in a health club does combine both of those things, which is perfect for me. It combines the nutrition, the weight management, as well as more of a sports or exercise focused nutrition with my clients.
0: That is really interesting. Um it surprises me that you were told that you wouldn't be able to find a job um, like within the sports nutrition industry because so just thinking back to my experience in college, um, I went to a school where the football team is division one and they had what's called training table. And so there are multiple nutritionists and dietitians working with the players to build their diets and make sure that they're sticking with them and that they're getting proper nutrition so that they can like meet whatever physical and mental goals that they have. Mostly physical, honestly. Um, so whether that's like gaining weight and like building muscle or losing weight and building muscle, we always want to. They always wanted to build muscle. Um, so it, it's just really interesting that there wasn't, it wasn't really widely known that that um, career opportunity was available to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it was interesting. I mean, I my advisor wasn't the best, unfortunately, but um, in that realm, at least. But it was interesting because there was a few of us about my sophomore year that were interested in sports nutrition and kind of said the same thing to all of us but then my senior year so I also went to a school it's division one um at Clemson University and our senior year we got an email saying that you know the um the dietitian that works for Clemson is looking for students to help her so it was just ironic that wow. you know towards the end of my my college career um it was getting bigger and I definitely could have but again um I get a lot of Um, it's really rewarding to work with weight management um, patients and clients and help people get healthier and so not that it wouldn't be rewarding to help a team and an athlete you know reach their goals as well but I really have a strong passion towards health and wellness so again everything happens for a reason but I do find sports nutrition very interesting and still love to work with people that are more exercise focused.
0: You know, that's so true. Like everything definitely does happen for a reason. And sometimes I feel like you happen upon um, experiences and even careers that you may not have been inclined to pursue initially, but they just work out for you. Um, And so weight management seems to really be working out well for you. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about? Um, the types of clients that you work with and challenges that you help them to face and overcome.
1: Yeah, um, I work with a variety of clients. Anyone from you know your avid exerciser to someone people who don't have to call that maybe were referred by their doctor because they have some sort of health concern or are trying to prevent health concerns down the line. Um, and then aside from that, a variety in knowledge about nutrition. Um, So some of the people I see are very well read on every nutrition, um, you know, article that there is, um, which I would say that becomes a challenge because there's so much information out there. And oftentimes people try to do too much or be too restrictive for themselves. Um, And then it goes to the other end where people, you know, don't even know what the carbohydrates are and what they need to consume um just to live a healthy, active lifestyle. So definitely a variety of clients. Um some of the challenges that they work through um are mostly either the knowledge end of it, to so like not understanding what what they're supposed to do, whether that's because there's so much confusion out there or they just haven't ever focused on it. Um or um and or the applying it to their lifestyle. Um so time is a big challenge for a lot of my clients um or just other priorities. Not everybody prioritizes their health and nutrition because they have other priorities and so really focusing on that and making time um and making headspace for some healthy lifestyle habits is definitely a challenge for a lot of people.
0: You know, that is so true. Um so personally, I um, have a lot of life challenges that are kind of roadblocks for me to transition back to a more plant-centered way of eating and lifestyle that I, you know, that's my goal. Um, So can you give us some tips or tricks about like how you or what you advise your clients on as far as like balancing like, real life and the, sh- the demands of it with the goals that they're trying to reach?
1: Yeah. Um, so, when time's a factor, I'm a huge fan of planning. Um, I know at times a little bit counterintuitive because planning does take time, but I find if you are willing to take an hour or two on some day, i do it on a weekend, but you can choose whatever day works for you, um, to... Plan out your week. It doesn't have to necessarily be preparing food, while well, that can be helpful. It can just be kind of laying out, okay, what am I going to eat? Even if I'm going to eat out, what am I going to choose? Things like that. So really planning ahead because when we try to make a decision in the moment when work life and stress is already happening and we're hungry, it's really hard to make a quality decision. So if you can make that decision ahead of time and kind of work, work out your week, um, I always say if you can... 100% of the time, and then maybe you follow through on 80% of the time, you're gonna have a lot of much more successful weeks than if you don't plan at all. Um, so, definitely planning would be a big um, tip of mine. Um, um, but yeah, I planning is like the biggest thing that I recommend. And then just having a healthy mindset surrounding food. So, something I work with people a lot on is not um, getting too caught up with them like mistakes, which they call it, which um, is okay. So we're not meant to be perfect. And so if maybe they have an event or a work event and they end up, you know, overeating a little bit or making a choice that they aren't 100% comfortable with, um, just kind of bouncing back from that and not worrying too much and letting it continue on to the rest of the week. So just being nice to ourselves um, and understanding that we don't have to be perfect all the time.
0: It's really funny you bring um, being nice to yourself up because, like, one of my personal mantras across the different areas of my life has become be gentle with yourself because like life is hard life is hard and we don't need to make it any harder by like having these inflated expectations of ourselves and I feel that like one of the ways that we do that is definitely like around food and our weight um and it's just, like, an easy trap to fall into because, like, you're comparing yourself to, like, the Instagram models and, like, your skinny friends or whatever. Um, you have, like, all of these goals and aspirations that you're, like, working toward. But, like, especially, like, what the area that you focus in, weight management, it's a journey. It's a process. Like, how do you help to prepare them uh, mentally for the journey, because it, ta- it does take time. And I feel that people, especially like younger people have become so impatient with um, longer term processes like weight loss. Um, we're looking for a quick fix. So like, what are some things that you advise people on around the amount of time that it might take to reach their goals?
1: Yeah, so first of all, when I first meet with somebody, um, we talk about goals, but I really try to get them to step outside just their weight loss goals, so they might have a number of pounds they want to lose, um, but I also talk about other measurements, like physical measurements, like body fat percentage and weight circumference, which tell a lot more about overall health than just weight does, um, and then even other measurements, like why do you want to lose weight, right? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to be more confident? Um do you want to have less floating? Like, what are the reasons? Um, and those can be measurements too. And so, when that really helps when people it helps people not get too discouraged. So, if the number on the scale isn't moving, but they had a lot more energy that day, they kind of stay motivated um, because unfortunately we can't control the scale. And so, if that's the only measurement that you're using, um, then it becomes it can be really demotivating a lot of the time. And so I know some dietitians, I'm not quite this far, although I have done it with certain clients um, that don't even use the scale just because of how much it can be a challenge for clients. Um,
0: I love so that.
1: That's, yeah, so just kind of stepping away. So I do tell my clients, if if we're going to use the scale, then – you know, we have to have other measurements. We have to understand that it's just one measurement. Um, and there's so many other reasons that we're doing that. Um, and the weight will come. Um, if that's, you know, if you're aiming for a healthy weight, it will come. But we have to focus on other things as well. Um, so that's kind of how I start off with all of my clients, which puts them on a, a healthier mindset just to begin with. Um, and then as we're working together, what was the second part of your question? Sorry.
0: Um, that that was the main part, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Preparing people for the amount of time that it's gonna take to lose weight because it doesn't happen overnight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, and that yeah,
1: and kind of setting them up for just understanding that, you know. I always say, you know, one half a pound to a pound and a half a week is really healthy weight loss and so understanding that it's it's gonna take time. Oh, I know what I was gonna say earlier. Um, so when people, when my clients set goals, I always have everybody set goals at the end of each session, and sometimes they're the same as the previous session. But um, I always say that they're make sure that you set a goal that you're okay with doing long term. So if my clients sets a goal that they wanna, you know, never eat chocolate again, I'll be like, no, that's a terrible <laughs> that's not goal. That's gonna be one of your goals <laughs> um, because that's not something that's really realistic that you can do forever Um, and so it kind of gets people set up with okay I'm going to do this now to reach my goal but then when I reach my goal I'm still going to do this and it it helps people with that weight maintenance piece too.
0: Mm. That is awesome because like I personally I am willing to go to I don't want to say extreme but closer to Um, extreme measures to accomplish the goal the immediate goal and then like maintaining it I want to you know begin to incorporate a little bit more balance into my life and so um a couple of years ago I went like alkaline vegan and I lost a shit ton of weight (laughs) Um, pretty quickly. And I was able to maintain it um, without remaining alkaline vegan, I started to transition to a more vegetarian um, way of eating. And that was fantastic for me. Um, And what I've learned about my body um, transitioning into a free for all (laughs) is that like, eating meat just isn't like very good for me as an individual, um, it might work for other people, but my body doesn't respond to it very well. Um, so, how do you help your clients um, find that balance? Like when they're like making certain sacrifices for the short term, like maybe giving up chocolate for a month. Um, and then transitioning and incorporating chocolate back into their um, dietary experience.
1: Yeah, somebody is just, like, really set on doing something. So, for example, like, you know, Dry January or Whole30, yes, right? That's like that's super
0: different popular. Things
1: that are meant to be short-term. Um, I just really, I make it really um, known that as you're transitioning back into whatever that thing is that you took away that you just do it slowly and with caution and kind of like you did is be really intuitive with your body and recognize how your body's affected by that um, and see if that's something that you want to continue, or maybe you want to do less often. Um, So for example, a lot of my clients will like transition from having a glass of wine every night to maybe only in social occasions. So kind of, Making it so that because I'm a big fan of overall wellness, which doesn't include just nutrition, it includes social wellness as well and financial wellness and everything like that. Oh so, my
0: gosh, that's you know, amazing! If,
1: <laughs> yeah, so so like if having you know a glass of wine is important socially, then that's you know that's a choice that someone can make. Whereas having a glass of wine every night might not be the best thing for their any kind of health. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, I'm um, so, so just glad.
1: Transitioning slowly.
0: I'm so glad that you brought up that um, like holistic lifestyle wellness because um, when I was um, following an alkaline vegan diet, it was horrific for my social life. Like I couldn't, right, right. I couldn't yeah. have dinner with my friends. I couldn't like I wasn't drink. I wasn't allowed to drink. I was working with uh, someone um, at the time to like helped me along this journey. Um, And I couldn't drink. I couldn't, like, the food that I was able to eat did not um, provide an environment where I could go out to dinner with my friends. It worked out for me because it happened during a time when I didn't live close to my friends. And it was wintertime in Chicago. And if anybody knows anything about Chicago wintertime, you don't go outside too much. (laughs) So it worked. Um, but like I'm interested in exploring that again, transitioning back to a more plant-centered diet, and I don't think it's feasible for me and my lifestyle because like I am partnered now, and my partner doesn't eat the same way that I'm interested in like eating to accomplish this goal. Um and then I also live very 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 close to all of my closest friends. Um, so it just wouldn't work out and I'm trying to find like a balance to not eat as much meat as I have been eating, but also have a social life. So I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you think about like that holistic lifestyle wellness because it's so important. You don't want to feel like isolated because you're trying to lose weight
1: right right exactly and for some people you know doing like a full you know vegan diet is important to them for a variety of reasons and so in that case you know finding a, finding other people that feel the same way or that are at least are willing to go to those restaurants with you um but at least it's not completely um like you're not completely on your own in it
0: yes like finding that community is very important um, so now I would love to transition to um, a personal experience that you've had. Um, so you kind of got into like digestive nutrition, um, based on a personal experience that you've had. So you had um, a nutritional issue, a digestive issue that you as a dietician needed to address for yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So for what I remember in my life, I've always had uh, stomach aches. And um, basically I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, which is um, basically a diagnosis of exclusion. So if you have certain gas and bloating and um, just changes in your bowel movements, but you don't have any of the more severe things like celiac or Crohn's or any other severe digestive disorders, then then doctors tell you you have irritable bowel syndrome. Um, but it's something that I always found wasn't really changeable. It wasn't really curable. Um, but when I was at a conference in um, a couple of years ago, I was able to sit in Um, one of the seminars on the low FODMAP diet when it was first becoming new. And um, I can tell you a little bit more about it, but basically I was able to follow the low FODMAP diet and it completely changed my life in a sense of being able to eat foods comfortably again and know which foods bother my stomach and which ones don't. Um, So yeah, pretty cool. To see how food can really affect you in a negative way, but also in a positive way once you get some knowledge behind it.
0: Yeah, that's um, super helpful. What was the name of that diet again?
1: Yeah, so it's called the Low FODMAP Diet. Um, basically, what it is is FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P. Um, it's an acronym for a group of small-chain carbohydrates, so it's for their scientific name, um, and basically, these carbohydrates... It stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyol. So, just really scientific names for carbs. Um, and in some people, they're not well absorbed in the small intestine. And so, when they're not well absorbed, um, they can cause issues, which are the symptoms of IBS, like gas, bloating, constipation, or other bowel changes. Um, so, essentially, the foods that are in these categories are common foods and really healthful foods um, like apples or honey, garlic, um, some beans, nuts. There's a large amount of foods in these categories. Um, and they're all really actually full of fiber. So they're really um, nutritious, but just in certain people, they cause these symptoms. And so it's actually found that about 75% of people that have IBS benefit from reducing fat mass on their diet. Um, so it's pretty life-changing for a lot of people. Um and the the big important thing about to know about the diet is that it is an elimination diet. So it is as we were just talking about. Sometimes it's necessary to be super restrictive. Sometimes when it's a you know medically diagnosed thing, but um, it, it's very restrictive in the beginning. You take out all of the fodmaps and then you reintroduce them one by one. Um, so the end goal is to really be able to know which fodmap which groups of foods affect you and which ones don't so that you can reincorporate the ones that don't because it's really, the end goal is not to not have these FODMAPs in your diet because they are really helpful and they actually promote long-term gut health. Uh, But the end goal is really to be able to know how much of each you can tolerate.
0: Oh, wow. So um, I guess like kind of similar to one of the popular diets these days like whole 30 but for a very specific um use case and that's to understand and potentially cure um irritable bowel syndrome
1: yes yeah so whole 30 is another example of an elimination diet so okay. those people who are familiar with whole 30 know that you take everything out and then you introduce one back in so very similar to that um But yeah, so personally, I found that fructose or like honey is a big example of that, um, really affects me as well as one of the groups that includes like garlic and onion. Um, So I just, you know, for the most part, stay away from those foods. Um, But something that's interesting is as I've stayed away from those foods, but incorporated more like probiotics and um, some of the other good um, fiber in my diet, I've I've been able to kind of Start to heal my gut, which basically just means that I don't, while I still do get stomach aches sometimes and I still get symptoms, um, it's definitely a lot less than before. And my favorite thing is I typically know why. Um, so maybe I ate out and, you know, I forgot to say no onions or something like that. Uh-huh. So it's, I, it's, I understand why, which was what bothered me the most before was I just had no idea why I was always getting, you know, poor digestive sim- symptoms
0: that is super interesting um so personally i have a few friends who have ibs and i'm really excited to share this information with them because like um it's such a painful experience for them i feel so bad like if i if we go to a restaurant or if i cook something and forget to exclude an ingredient that is triggering for them it it can change the the mood of our, like, time together because it has to end early and they're in pain, like, excruciating pain. Um, so this could be, like, really game-changing for a lot of, like, people who have irritable bowel syndrome. And it's it's great that this information is out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll say for myself, I thought for a lot of years that I couldn't eat, like, any dairy products, and I went all through college without eating pizza. Um, well, what? How did you survive?
0: <laughs> how did you survive college uh, without pizza? Like,
1: I know. I know, right? It was crazy. Sometimes I would take the pizza off, but um, but now I'm able to, like, because I know that the other things are actually really what caused um, most of my challenges, I'm able to consume pizza. I still wouldn't, don't always, like, choose it myself but if I'm out and everybody's having that um, I don't have to get something else which is nice
0: okay so that kind of signals for me that there are there's a spectrum of foods that are more or less triggering for you is that a correct assumption
1: yes and it's it's going to be That same assumption is true for everybody, but the foods are going to be different. So, like, Mm -hmm. I work with some clients that also have IBS, and we've gone through the same thing, and they're not affected by garlic and onion, but they're really affected by, like, wheat products um, because of one of the carbohydrates in wheat products, and so everybody's a little bit different. And so that's, that's really why working, like... If anybody's interested in going through this, it's really important to work with a dietitian because you can make sure you're getting the nutrients you need during the elimination, but also make sure that you're able to really tailor your response to during the reintroduction to a lifestyle that you can manage.
0: Okay, um, can you help me personally to understand the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist?
1: Yeah, yeah, so basically anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. There's really not any, like, legal guidelines around it, Um, whereas a registered dietitian um, does have to have a degree in nutrition and then have to apply for something called a dietetic internship, which I always describe is similar to becoming a nurse, where nurses do, like, different rotations. Um, Dietitians do that as well in a clinical setting and community and food service. Um, and so once they go through most of the dietetics programs are about a year. Um, a lot of them are starting to combine a master's lots of them, they're longer, but after that program then you'd have to sit for the exam, the dietitian exam, um, and then become licensed in the state that you're in. So there's a lot more legal things behind it and then you have to be keep up with continuing education for to keep your registered dietitian. Um, so registered dietitians are very evidence-based and really focused on what their research states, and they can help people with clinical conditions as well. So there's some nutritionists that are really good. Maybe they have a degree, um, but there's also some nutritionists that, you know, have read a book and just decided to start telling people what to eat. So just really, um, I always recommend being really careful with a nutritionist, whereas a registered dietitian, you can really count on as having the necessary
0: qualifications. Okay, that is quite a significant difference. And now I want to lighten things up just a little bit and do a super fun uh, kind of rapid fire segment of the show that I like to do with guests. It's called Food Fun, um, where I ask you a few different questions and you just answer with like the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay, so what is your favorite food?
1: Oh boy, I love
0: all food, but I think my favorite food is sushi. Sushi. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard, but I have a love affair with crab legs right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm dabbling into like shrimp and lobster things like that. Not like the hardcore fishes, um, which I feel far more into the sushi category so I'm working my way up
1: yeah yeah I, I don't know I would honestly go to any sushi restaurant and just tell them just give me what looks good and that might actually now that I think about it come from the fact that I know sushi will never have cheese in it and for so much of my life <laughs> I didn't eat cheese so I like didn't have to worry about that food um but yeah I every time I like all kinds of sushi
0: <laughs> that's Sushi can be super fun too. Um, and that kind of leads us into my next question. What is your favorite food to share?
1: Everything. <laughs> a, I like sharing everything. Um, I remember my dad used to say that he would only let me eat off of his plate because I just like everybody else's food always looks better than mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> it does. So I like, yeah. Yeah. I like, I would share anything with people. I really like actually like tapas or small plates.
0: Um so yeah, any any amount of food. Yeah, tapas is super fun. I actually just had a um a tapas dinner with some girlfriends earlier this week and it was amazing in the West Loop. Ooh. Yeah. Um
1: That sounds good. What restaurant
0: was it? It's called Bocaria.
1: Mm, I haven't heard of that.
0: It, I think it's pretty new, but um it's like traditional Spanish um they have like this special cut of ham that you can't get anywhere else I didn't have it um but I did have the shrimp and the shrimp is incredible Mm -hmm. it's in like a lobster sauce um yeah it was fantastic all the food we had was fantastic the paella was really good I feel like they need to sponsor this episode honestly I'm talking (laughs) <laughs> too too much about them and telling all about their menu. Um, but if you are in the Chicagoland area, I do recommend Bocaria. It was a good time with like a group of people. Yeah, I'll go check it out. Yeah. Question number three: Red or white wine? Red wine. Red wine. i be drinking
1: some right now. oh
0: i love it that's that's my kind of vibe i wish i had a glass of wine myself um i have water (laughs) i feel like i'm failing i guess i do
1: water next to it (laughs) oh yeah definitely red wine
0: um like a cab or merlot red blend what's your fave
1: i like cabernet i like red blend right now i'm having some tempranillo which feels fancy
0: that sounds really fancy okay so carry out or dine in
1: dine in
0: okay you want to absorb
1: yeah I want to experience the whole the whole thing if I'm going to be eating out versus eating my own food
0: nice Um, cooking at home or dining out
1: Mm, it depends I really like to try new places. So, like, on the weekend, I love to dine out just because it's something different. Um, but during the week, I cook all my own food or prep it ahead of time. And so and I enjoy that, too. So, maybe equal. Okay. I think I'm the same. But dining same. Not always feels special, you know?
0: It does. Um, something that makes it feel even more special for me is, like, sharing it with guests. Um, like, I love to cook for people. Um, do you like to host?
1: I don't host a lot. I do a lot of like meal prep, so I'll cook on a Sunday a lot of food. But I do need to start hosting. One thing I don't—I'm not great at following a recipe. <laughs> <So> I don't <laughs> know how, how comfortable I feel sharing my my cooking with other people. But maybe I'll—that'll force me to get better.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't really follow recipes either. Like. I, I think that I think I cook pretty well, but um, I, I joke that I could never be a food blogger because I don't measure anything at all. Everything is to <laughs> taste. a dip a dash of that, a pinch of this. It's just like all eyeballed. Right. Well if people keep coming back, I'm sure it's good. I, so personally, I don't host very much, but my friends um, who I do have over um, from time to time, they, they like it
1: reading something i'm getting married in the, in july and we were reading something that said before you get married you're supposed to host a dinner party so maybe in the next couple months we'll figure it out
0: <laughs> yeah well congratulations on the wedding that's super exciting oh, thank you um and so that's all that i have for us to cover tonight thank you so much for talking with me and sharing your wealth of information um, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so um, kind of two places. So my Instagram is amy underscore rd. Um, I'll be honest that it's mostly personal stuff. It's really not a lot of food, but some food comes in there once in a while. Um, and then also I have a Pinterest. So pinterest.com backslash amyr. Silver um, is a good place for people to go to get recipes. And I have, speaking of, you know, IBS related recipes, I have a whole board on there for low fast math options for people who um, are trying that or need some help.
0: That's awesome. I'm obsessed with Pinterest. Um, honestly, that's like how I feed myself. I don't follow recipes super well, but I glance at recipes mostly from Pinterest. Um, to get like the base of my meals yeah okay so i will be sure to include your contact information both your instagram and your pinterest in the show notes guys check them out follow amy um and see how cute her dog is um Mm -hmm. on instagram and follow her pinterest boards especially the ibs one if you suffer from that illness you can maybe find some ways to at least alleviate some of the struggles um and again i want to thank you so much amy for taking the time to talk with us today we really appreciate and i've enjoyed our conversation so much
1: Thank you. I've enjoyed
0: it as well. Thanks for joining me this week on Pavi's Plate. Check out our Instagram at pavis.plate. That's P-A-V-I-S dot P-L-A-T-E. For more info on this week's topic, as always... Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review if you liked it so I can keep bringing you fresh content. See you next week.